Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Hey everyone, welcome to Roto World's Roundball Stew. I am Matt Straub. It is Friday, October 28th, and today it is your serviceable and intriguing waiver wire pickups for week two. I'm joined by Jonas Nader, author of the Waiver Wired column on NBC Sports Edge, and Noah Rubin, who continues to keep us guessing with his background. Everyone, if you're listening on audio, Noah has gotten rid of the jerseys, which I'm a little... I'm a little distressed about because I really like the Tyreek Evans jersey for one. But now there's a really nice, looks like a nine photo set uh, behind your head. These are all yeah. basketball photos. Are these all basketball photos? They're not all basketball photos. I, I decided to mix in a little bit of football now that... Yeah, I see. Okay. Yeah. Top center looks like a possible football photo. Yeah. So I can... This is so, like going to the eye doctor. What sport is that in the top? Can you read what sport that is in those photos? Now that uh, I'm a Jets fan, so after a decade of misery, I finally have something to celebrate a little bit. So Good. I made sure to get Good. two Jets pictures in there. I got Keely Great. Ringo's interception pick six to oh, seal that, the national. So is that Sauce Gardner wearing the cheese head? That is Sauce Gardner with the cheese. Wow, head. that's topical. That's timely. You're uh, you're efficient. Oh yeah, Jonas. Just, just got this. Stuff. We got to get Noah over there for your yeah, bathroom wall. Exactly. I'm just gonna get a big bull bull fat head for my my backdrop. I think that'd be pretty cool. Oh man. Yeah. Oh man, we got to make that happen. What a what a topical segue you just did there, Jonas, because yeah. we have to take a moment here to talk about the man you just mentioned. I'm pretty sure I was re- I was thinking about this before we came on there. I was thinking, did we talk about Bull Bull on this podcast last week? I think we did. Yeah. I think if you go deep into that podcast, we did mention him. It was mentioned in passing. I think he had just had like 10.6 rebounds in a block. It was like, eh, intriguing talent. He's got some, getting some minutes. Well, since that moment, he has exploded to 54% rostered in Yahoo, 10 blocks and two triples in his last three games. Jonas, season high 22 minutes his last time out. How do we control our enthusiasm here? I'm having a hard time uh, keeping myself in check. You don't, man. You don't. You cannot control it, man. This is just so much fun to watch. If you had told me two months ago that Bull Bull would be getting consistent minutes, I would have just laughed, right? Uh, yeah. We didn't know the Magic were going to play four centers in a lineup at one time. Right? This is in, this is crazy. They've played Franz at point guard at times. They've played Bull Bull at the three. This is just insane to watch. 13 blocks on the season already in limited minutes. Eighth round value in 17 minutes per game. I'm all in on the Bull Bull train. I think he's a lot of fun. Playing multiple positions. Can block shots like no one else. Can hit. Th- and the thing is... He hasn't even hit his threes at a high clip yet, and he's the best yeah. shooter on the team, right? We saw it at Oregon as well. He is a lights-out shooter. So once the threes start dropping two, he's just going to be unfair, man. I'm excited about him. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think there's no reason for him to be sitting on the waiver wire in most leagues. Um, Orlando is not in love with Mo Bamba the way they were when they drafted him, so it really seems like Bull Bull is just kind of the second center behind Wendell Carter with all the point guard injuries. I just can't wait for them to bring out the Franz Wagner, Paulo Bancaro, Bull Bull, Wendell Carter lineup with somebody else on there who even cares because that's going to be yeah, just who so are much we? fun. Who's the fifth? Who's the tallest guy we can maybe Mobamba? Probably Mobamba. Isaac, when he comes back too, right? They can throw another big guy yeah. in there. 
I'm sorry. Who? What was that name? Yeah. Who's that? Does he what play basketball? Oh, recently retired, Jonathan Isaac. <laughs> but the yeah, the Bull Bull experience is incredible. I think he's averaging 2.6 blocks per game in very limited playing time. Again, like I said, the 22 minutes is a season high. So just imagine where can we just consistently can we shake hands on 20 to 25 minutes every game? Like I think we'd all agree on that, right? Why not, right? I mean, his minutes have been trending up the last two games, right? I think he's going to peak around 25 because I don't think his body can handle anything more in that the way he plays. Right. So, man, but 25 minutes, a bull. This kind of reminds me of Chris Boucher two years ago. Remember when Chris Boucher was getting like 21, 25 minutes and just lit it up? I think this is yeah. another one of those situations here. So, dude. I was thinking before we came on here, I was like, I wonder who is going to be the waiver wire pickup of the year this year. You know, has mm-hmm. and has that player already been picked up? I was having that. These are the things I think about. We're not podcasting, guys. I think about the waiver wire. Ninety percent of my waking hours, and I was. I'm just thinking to myself: Could it be Bull Bull? Could Bull Bull be the waiver pickup of the year? Why not? Yeah. Why not? Why not? Yeah. I think we need a. a we need to make shirts with Bull Bull's face on them that say "Why not?" Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> and you usually know by the first week or two, right? For waiver wire pickups, unless like yeah. I know a couple years ago there's like the Rashawn Holmes thing as well. Last a uh, couple seasons ago, right? But yeah. You usually know Last right year. away, and Bull Bull is probably the front runner right now. Last year was the great Desmond Bain debate of, well, he got drafted in my league yeah. versus I picked him up in free agency. We could talk right. about that for hours, but we're not going to. Let's get into the players who are rostered in forty uh, percent of Yahoo leagues or less. Jonas, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this one straight to you. Who do you, who's your favorite sub forty percent player right now? Okay, now before I begin, I didn't Good rank caveat. these guys yet because I needed a little bit of, of feedback from you guys because this week is just so tricky, right? There's a lot of guys That's that are kind of like teetering near that top spot. But you know where I want to start? Let's go with Terry Eason because he dropped below 40%. He now qualifies. Mm-hmm. And yes, he is stuck in an ugly timeshare right now with Jay Sean Tate. And KJ Martin Jr., who I don't know why they're playing. Like, he requested a trade two months ago, and now the Rockets are just suddenly showcasing him. Like, dude, no one wants him. Come on. Just start playing Terry. Eason's steal and block rates are like Robert Covington's, right? There's so much upside there. Phenomenal rebounder for his size. If we're going to allow Terry Eason to qualify as a waiver wire pickup of the year, I think he'd be one of those guys. But I know a lot of people drafted him. But his, I don't think there's a player with more upside on the waiver wire right now than Terry Eason. Interesting. Yeah, he definitely has the upside. It's just like you mentioned, I don't know if he gets the opportunity. We haven't seen it so far. And Jay Sean Tate just started playing because he was injured the first few games as well. I I, I just like I disagree. I don't know why they're not playing him because he definitely has all the fantasy upside in the world. It might be something that come January, February, he ends up being a great pickup. I just don't know unless you have the opportunity to stash him if he's really worth a roster spot. Um, unless you're maybe in a deeper league, but in a standard size league, I just don't know at this point. Yeah, I, I love the potential too. I think it is a situation where you're probably going to have to be patient. But the good news is there's, there seems to be some semblance of a floor being established here in terms of playing time where what in the last several games, I think he's somewhere in the 19 to 23 minute range. So mm-hmm. at least he's not totally buried right in the in the rotation where we're hoping for one or two injuries at this point. You know, he's he's far enough up in the rotation where he could just, based on merit, get you know promoted into that starting five or into a thirty minute per game role. And so I love it as a long term stash. Yeah, uh, you just have to ask yourself: Can you afford to be patient? Yeah. So right now he's inside the top one hundred and fifty in nineteen minutes, which is 
pretty wild. Like that's like it's kind of like yeah. the the next D'Anthony Mellon, right? A guy with good numbers across the board, but his coach doesn't play him for yeah. some reason. You know what I mean? But don't call him that because then he's never if we <laughs> he's never going to play enough. Fair point. If we do that, fair point. Um. All right, so let, let's just talk about some of these guys who are rostered in the upper 30s and how much we like these guys. Because I'll be honest, there are some names who are rostered in less leagues who I like more than some of these guys in the upper 30s. But we've got Lonnie Walker at 38%. Uh, as we talked about last week or on a recent episode, we've seen an uptick in defensive stats from Lonnie. Uh, Jonas, do you think he can keep that aspect of his game up at all? Or are you skeptical there? Okay, so I like Lonnie a lot. I think he's absolutely worth rostering right now. My concern is the Lakers are looking likely to move Russell Westbrook, right? And the most likely guy they're going to get is Buddy Heald and Miles Turner. Like that trade is already like on the table, right? So they can go back and offer two. Been there for a while. Yep. It's been on the table for a while. So they can get Buddy Heald and Miles Turner. If Buddy comes to LA, there's their floor spacer, right? So they no longer need Lonnie for as many minutes as he's been playing. So that is the only concern I have. Uh, but right now, he's balling, man. 0.8 blocks, I don't think that's sustainable, but everything else looks great. Like, he was strong for the Spurs late last season. Uh, the Lakers really like him. Um, they need someone who can be a shot creator, and <laughs> there's no one else on that team besides LeBron right now. So, yeah, I like him. Uh, we're going to talk about another name in L.A. later on who's kind of widely available. But, yeah, I like Lonnie a lot. I think he's worth rostering. Yeah, I agree. I think he's in that kind of Malik Monk situation that we saw last season, and he's getting a great opportunity with the Lakers. The Buddy Heald thing is definitely a concern, um, but I think Adrian Wojnarowski reported on Wednesday that the Pacers hadn't even heard from the Lakers this season, which I get it's still kind of early, but you'd think that they should be at least maintaining communication. Um, but the only issue for right now for Lonnie Walker is that his three-point percentage is kind of low. He's hitting one per game on 5.8 attempts, but that's just the Lakers curse. At some point, he's going to snap out of it and be able to hit multiple a game at the rate he's getting the attempts. Yeah, if you haven't heard, the Lakers are struggling to shoot threes. That's a little... (laughs) It's a little nugget I found. I dug up. Yeah. I unearthed that one. Well, we've only seen a hundred game sample size of Westbrook. I think they need to just keep trying it and just see what works and what doesn't. You know what I mean? Like, there's not enough time. One hundred games is not enough time. That is excellent right. investigative journalism there. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> so we've talked about the Oklahoma City Thunder, who are already have been dealing with some injuries, including Josh Giddy, Trey Mann, Jonas uh, has been pretty solid overall. Do we do we like him to maintain? You know, consistent value once Giddy's back, or is this just a streaming play? I think it's just a streaming play. Like he had this two or three times last year where he'll go off for like 30 points a game, a couple assists, but it's low field goal percentage and it's on high volume, right? So, yes, he'll help you in categories, but he'll also bury you in a couple as well. But I'm starting to get back on that train of I just don't want anything to do with the Thunder this year. Like it's just a headache, right? We saw a game. Mm-hmm where Darius Basley had like just an amazing performance. And the next game he plays four minutes and gets yanked, right? Pokuzewski had a great game to open, then barely played the next game, got yanked the next game. And now last night had another great game. So I just don't want to deal with the thunder. There is someone we can talk about later that I'm kind of intrigued by, but it's stream city there, right? It's going to be stream city there all year. I think he has a little bit of upside even after Josh Giddy returns. He only played 22 minutes in their game last night, so I think that kind of speaks to the Thunder trying to limit the minutes of the guys that are producing. That kind of goes with that theme. But um, <laughs> even when Giddy returns, if Trey Mann's playing 22 minutes a game, he still added uh, two steals, I believe four three-pointers last night. So he can help. I mean, he's definitely going to hurt in that field goal percentage like Jonas mentioned, but if, if you're able to play through that, 
he's probably at least worth a roster spot in like deeper leagues, maybe maybe in standard leagues, but definitely the field goal percentage is an issue. Double figures in all five games, averaging around 15 points, just over three rebounds, three assists, 1.2 steals, 2.03s, 37% rostered. And as you said, the field goal percentage is in the low 40s. The free throw percentage is in the, is in the 60s, but relatively low volume from the free throw line. So we're less worried about that. Jalen Duran had that electric opener for the Pistons, 14 points, 11 boards, three blocks. Since that electric opener, though, he's been a little quieter, 6.8 points, 7.5 rebounds, 0.8 blocks in 21 minutes. Jonas, where are we now with Duran now that we've the dust has kind of settled from, from that thrilling first game? We have to remember he's the youngest player in the NBA right now, still 18 years old. Like He's a guy that you're going to be proud of yourself if he gets held like through the ups and downs. And then in the second half of the season, I think he's just someone that just takes off, right? There's a little bit of Robert Williams to his game where he's just like this freak athlete, great rim runner, can protect the rim, mm-hmm. um, good vertical spacing. He's the kind of center that Cade and Jaden Ivey need, right? I don't think Isaiah Stewart's going to cut it long-term, even though he can play a little bit of four, can shoot a little bit. I think Duran is their guy, and I think they're going to get him plenty of chances. My only concern is what happens when Marvin Bagley gets back. That's going to be dicey because we know how much Casey likes Bagley. Uh, but for now, I think he's a, a solid herd, uh, a solid hold. Sorry, but if you're uh, watching your free throw percentage closely, just beware because it's rough. I think he's like 16% right now. Yeah, there's definitely some concerns with the season that Isaiah Stewart's having. I mean, he's having the best season of his career. Uh, definitely, the long-term fit is there for Jalen Duran. But they've kind of, you know, sp- not necessarily split the minutes, but kind of staggered them. I think uh, Isaiah Stewart's playing 28 minutes. Jalen Duran's playing 21. Um, I think. As the season progresses, they're going to try and get Duran more and more looks, especially as they probably fall further and further away from the playoffs and more and more into the Victor Wembanyama sweepstakes. I think Duran's probably more of kind of like a, an Eason, like a, a long-term hold, maybe not super effective right now, but even in his limited minutes, he's nearing double-digit rebounds and getting at least a block. So, Yeah, he's one for eight from the free throw line, but he got that first make out of the way, one for two on Wednesday against the Hawks. And 0 for 4 in the opener. I mean, he wasn't a horrific free throw shooter in college. I think he was 62%. So I don't I don't think we're we need to like worry about Ben Wallace at the free throw line just yeah. yet. Um and again, if a guy's bricking if a guy's going one for two, yeah. It's not a huge deal. Um He's not switching to and yeah, I agree. I, only though, right? What's that? He's not switching to his left hand like Mason Plumley either. So no, and I still I keep forgetting to investigate whether Plumley has been going lefty or not. He has. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> By the way, we are going to talk about Plumley coming up, and I think good reminder about Duran. This guy was born the day that LeBron James played his eleventh NBA game. Let's be patient wow. with him. If you picked him up, you know he's not a must play right now, but I do think he's a very wise hold if you added him or or a good stash. Let's go to Minnesota and Jalen Noel, who's playing really well off of their bench uh, in limited playing time. So what do we think of what we've seen from him? Uh, If Anthony Edwards is calling you the best scorer on your team, like that says something, right? Um, All offseason, yes, Jaden McDaniels got a lot of hype, but I think Noel was second in line for that too. Like they were really talking him up. Um, The scary thing about uh, Noel is that he's shooting 47% from the field. Obviously, that's really hot, but he did that all of last season. He was at 47% Mm -hmm. last season. He's red hot from three. He really worked on his three this year. Um, His ball handling has improved. Um, He's the sixth man now. There's no doubt about that. And his minutes are slowly, slowly getting up. Now, D'Angelo Russell has been really good, so there's not a huge 
gap to fill in terms of minutes. But man, like his role is continuing to grow. He's just so, so good. I think he's a strong ad and like no one drafted him, right? So he's a candidate for waiver wire pickup of the year probably too. So uh, really good player, absolute must own right now. Yeah, if you go back even further than this summer, they were hyping him up all last season about his talent. So they've known about him. They've known how good he is. For some reason, he didn't get as much playing time as he has this year. Definitely has that role established. He's a top 100 guy in fantasy in nine cat right now. So there's not really anybody that's coming in to take his minutes or his shots. He's going to be just fine all season. If he's still on your waiver wire, I'd, I'd say get him now. This guy has a green light. He's getting 14 shots up in 20, 22 minutes a game. He's averaging 16.2 points, 4.8 boards, two dimes, 0.8 steals, 1.83s. I like him a lot. And, you know, the minutes 22 per game isn't a number we want to see, but the first couple, it was lower the first couple games, and he's at the last three games, 24 minutes, 26 minutes, 22 minutes. So hopefully he's settling into that 24, 26 minute per game range. And yeah, this guy looks like a, a legit player who, if he's on the floor that much, is going to be worth rostering. Yeah. And there's three high usage guys in Minnesota. You got Cat, you got D and you got Anthony Edwards. If one of those guys goes down, boom, right? Yep. And uh, by the way, not a waiver wire pickup, but a late round guy we drafted. How about the Jaden McDaniels so far? That has been, that one is panning out kind of, I would argue, even better maybe than we could have hoped it would so far. Yep. He was the face of my sleeper article last year. He made the list this year too, but he was my face of my sleeper list last year. So I was a year too soon. But man, the steal and block rates that we were hoping to see are there, man. That dude is just popping on defense. 1.8 steals and 1.4 blocks in 32 minutes. Just a beast, man. I love it. All right. Meanwhile, I want to talk about, we're jumping around a little bit here. I would like to talk, speaking of Jaden McDaniels, I would like to talk about Jalen McDaniels, who mm-hmm. is putting up some noise for the Hornets uh, while while playing Jalen Noel's minutes, basically. I mean, he's kind of in the, the mid uh, low to mid-20s, but uh, doing some things. And I think for this team could actually carve out an even bigger role as we go forward. Yeah, right now he's at fourth round value in 23 minutes. So crazy. Five spots below his brother in the nine cat ranks in less minutes too. So I don't know what that family is eating over there, but dude, (laughs) they've created some absolute monsters in fantasy. I love what he's doing. Steve Clifford really likes him. Um, He can play in multiple positions. If you look at his play-by-play and basketball reference, he's played the two, three, four, and five in his career. Like the dude is just so versatile. Um, Obviously, Miles Bridges isn't there uh, right now. So there's minutes at the two, three, and four that he can play. And obviously the Hornets are missing four or five guys right now. But I think he's earned a legit role. He's been their breakout player this year, apart from DSJ as well. But yeah, Jalen Daniels, absolute must-own right now. Probably going to be number two or three on my list for pickups this week. Yeah, he uh, he has a block in every single game this season. He has nine three-pointers through four games. Um, Cody Martin is now injured, so he's going to continue to get minutes. But even when Cody Martin played, he was doing just fine. Like he's going to be a guy that even when the team's fully healthy, he's getting minutes. He's adding defensive stats and three pointers. That's pretty valuable uh, from a guy that you're able to get up off the waiver wire. Yeah. 11.3 points, 5.3 rebounds, 2.3 assists, one block and 2.3 three pointers in very limited playing time. He's coming off a season high, 17 points. Let's move to... Boston. Let's talk about Grant Williams, Jonas. Suspended for Friday, but what's the case for adding him beyond that? Yeah, so he was actually dropped in several leagues because of that. So he only played 18 minutes because of the ejection. But man, I think he was like top 40 before the ejection and nine cat value. His blocks have really taken off and he doesn't even have any steals yet. And we know those are coming as well. Um, the big thing for Grant Williams was his three point shooting. He entered the league 
uh, without being able to shoot a, you know, he hasn't hit a three pointer in like a year for his rookie. So he's been really impressive from three can play multiple positions, a good ball handler, super versatile. And he turned down, I think it was like a 12 or $13 million extension for a reason. So he bet on himself. He knew what he was doing. Grant Williams, if he was dropped in your league, he should be a top uh, priority claim this week for sure. Yeah. I, uh, I wrote about him on Wednesday. He, uh, so in that game, he got uh, ejected before he got suspended. He shot, I believe, over three. So even including that game, he has an effective field goal percentage of 94.1 and a true shooting percentage of 94.6. He's 12 for 17 from the floor this year. He's not going to maintain that rate, but you're talking about a guy that's trying to earn a contract. I mean, you can't start the season much better than he has. He's not going to shoot 94% on an effective field goal percentage all season, but he's one of the better shooters in the league, and he's going to be able to provide value both there and defensively. No, no, Remember no, when no. Horford said he was going to play in back-to-backs this year? Yeah, didn't happen. <laughs> that also. Well, he sat well. one. Settle down. He sat. He sat one. Fair okay, enough. we're not just going to sit here <laughs> and and talk disparagingly about old guys just because they're you're old. right. You're right. Al, I actually think Al Horford very slow start, but I think he's going to be fine. Yes. I'm just saying. Yeah. Probably a good buy low in fantasy. I don't know Dude, how he much. He could play until he was forty-five. Honestly. Uh, Grant Williams, by the way, I think one interesting aspect of this is I know for me personally, I haven't thought of him as a guy who really is going to get you defensive stats. But I guess when you look at it, the blueprint is there in blocks because he averaged 0.7 last year. He's at one per game this year. Uh, I mean, if he can get you that in addition to, you know, a handful of boards and threes, that's a fun guy to have on your roster. So for sure. I like it. I'm, we're always looking for more blocks on the waiver wire because they can be hard to find. Okay, let's go to Miami. We have a Max Struess, uh 31% rostered, and a Caleb Martin, now 28% rostered. I think people have been picking up Caleb off of that 7-for-8 game where he had 16 points and I think 4 steals. Understandably, he was a little quieter last night, but for me, the blueprint for Caleb Martin is the steals, right? That's the reason we're picking him up. And for Max Struess, I guess I need to be talked into it uh, unless I'm in a much deeper league. What are your thoughts? I think Struess is more of like the ultimate threes and point streamer, right? You're going to have these games where Struess goes for 25 points and five triples. And then the next game, he'll have six points, right? I, I guess you call it the Malik Beasley effect. You know what I mean? So I'm not going to call him must own for that reason. I think he's too volatile. Maybe a, a Terrence Ross uh, 3.0, mm. I would call mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Um, but Caleb Martin, yes, he had a rough game the night before, but the minutes are holding, right? He's in that 28, 29 minute range. 29, um, yeah. A, a good secondary playmaker as well. Very good steal rate. I think he has over 10 steals on the season as well. Uh, the blocks haven't been there yet, but he's a good three-point shooter. I think Caleb Martin is going to be like that Royce O'Neal last year where if you just keep him in your lineup, he's going to put up like 10th or 11th round value for the whole season. Yeah, Martin's definitely a guy that's going to get the opportunity. Miami did not get a power forward this season or this offseason. They've been linked to Jay Crowder. So if that happens, that probably affects his value a little bit. But we'll see. They also also don't have any depth at center. Dwayne Dedman and Omer Yurt-Seven are hurt. So it's just Bam Adebayo, Caleb Martin. And Nikola Jovic holding it down in the front court for Miami. So simply based off opportunity, he's going to continue to get steals. And then Max Struess, as long as he's not starting, actually, I don't know, because he started the one game with Caleb Martin suspended. It was awful. But he's had four other games where he's hit multiple three-pointers, gotten decent rebounds. He's had two games with two blocks this season. I don't know if he's a guy that I'm looking to necessarily get in like a standard size league. But he's a guy that can definitely provide uh, numbers that you don't expect from him. He's a 
good rebounder considering his size and the fact that he's only thought of as a shooter. So as for Caleb Martin, just a little random note here. He's played 29 minutes exactly in four of his five games. And the one game where he didn't play 29 minutes, I believe, was where he got ejected. So Eric Spolster has this thing dialed in. This guy (laughs) is slated for 29 minutes every single game. I want to see how many 29-minute games this guy can have. I don't want more. I don't want less. I want 29. Hey, quick note on Miami. I think Yurt 7 is kind of worth watching, right? If not, they tried Yurt 7 at the 4 in preseason and a little bit last year. That's something to watch when Yurt 7 comes back. If he plays the 4 next to Bam, we could see some Yurt 7 explosions. He's really good, so just keep an eye on him. All right. The Utah Jazz are 4-1, and one, Jonas. You're having a harder and harder time convincing me that this team is tanking. They're fired up in Utah. I was watching the game the other night. It's electric in there. I mean, you got Jordan Clarkson pumping up the crowd, pinning shots off the backboard. I, I don't know what I'm watching, but this team is is way more functional than our other allegedly tanking teams. In any case, one guy, and, and that's, by the way, produced a lot of fantasy value. Yeah. And one guy who we have on the waiver wire that we need to talk about is Talon Horton Tucker, who, as of this conversation, is a mere 9% rostered. So what's the case for him and maybe the case against him? Yeah, so Taylor Horton Tucker has always had a really good steal right now. He's a complete non-factor from three, slowly chipping away at some shots out there. He's been a little better from there as well. But the thing is, is they have a back-to-back. You can almost assume that Mike Conley is going to sit one of them. And now Colin Sexton is hurt, too, with an oblique injury that we don't know much about. Uh, Horton Tucker can play the one, two, three, and four. Like He's built like P.J. Tucker. He can play all those positions. Um, they've been hyping him up. Lori Markin, I just, I wrote a, a hype blurb about him this morning. He Sorry. was talking Taylor Horton Tucker up as well. The coach likes him. Um, Taylor Horton Tucker mentioned that he likes that Hardy doesn't care if he makes a mistake. He goes out there and just plays with confidence. So definitely a name to watch tonight. I'm planning to stream him for the Friday, Saturday back to back. But real quick, I want to give a shout out to Jared Vanderbilt. He continues to foul out every single game, but his energy has been so much fun to watch. That dude Spectacular. is a beast. Spectacular. Yeah, you, maybe this is why the Lakers were so high on Taylor Horton Tucker all along, and they just tried to offer him and like Kendrick Nunn and a first for every superstar in the league. But <laughs> he's uh, you know finally getting an opportunity here in Utah with low expectations, and through five games, it's looked great for a, a lot of guys who have kind of needed that opportunity to just play. Um, so I'd say he's definitely worth a look, especially with Colin Sexton hurt, and even. When Sexton's healthy, he just hasn't been the guy that we all expected him to be this season. We expected him to be a fringe all-star, and he's been barely even like a sixth, seventh man. So THG should definitely get some minutes for the rest of the season if the way it's been going so far. He had 14 points, seven boards, four assists, two triples, two steals in 28 minutes prior to that. That was in their last game. Prior to that, he hadn't gotten more than 17 minutes. So, yeah, this weekend will be pretty telling, I think, for his value. But I... I like the logic behind picking him up for the back-to-back, as you yeah. said. By the way, quickly on Jordan Clarkson, this guy has had uh, four or more assists every game. He's had five or six assists in four out of five games. He has a block in four out of five games. As I said, one of those, I was watching the game the other night, this, this guy swatted one off the backboard. And we think of Jordan Clarkson as points and threes, right? That's all yeah. he was last year. So far this year, granted early, small sample size, he has a pretty big role for Utah and I mean, I'm I'm loving him where I picked him up. Yeah, he has he has the same role right now as he did in the second half of his rookie season with the Lakers when they were shutting everybody down and they let Jordan Clarkson mm-hmm. just run the show. 
it's been like that all over again too. So he's done this before. It's just nice to see him. And also this morning I posted a blurb. Uh, apparently ESPN's Zach Lowe said the Jazz are now reluctant to move Jordan Clarkson. Like, <laughs> I don't know if I buy that. I feel like that gives them kind of like, I don't know, leverage and trade talks, but it, that's something, man. That's something. Right. And But I mean, like as Raf was saying the other day when we talked about the Jazz, they are trying to rebuild a culture there, right? So yeah. some of these guys may end up staying, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe they get moved like Clarkson, Olenek, et cetera, but right. they could also stay there. I mean, and, and Olenek is another guy who, again, I'm derailing us off of waivers, but I just think um, has the playing time. I don't know that we're going to see Houston Kelly Olenek, but yeah. he's had a few rocky games, but I think once he settles in, he's going to be really good too, averaging almost four assists per game so far. Absolutely. And don't give up on our boy Walker Kessler. Just hang in there. That's true. We're not doing the should I drop this guy segment today, but Walker yes. Kessler, good reminder, I did want to say mm. patience with Walker Kessler. Okay. Uh, Damian Lillard, some tough injury news out of Portland, is going to be reevaluated reportedly in one to two weeks due to a calf strain. Now, enter, I believe, Shaden Sharp. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I was going to say him or Justice Winslow. Now, I can't get myself to add Winslow because his percentages for his career are just so brutal that I can't really do that. If I, in a points league, sure, go look at Winslow. Uh, but Shaden Sharp is kind of like the guy, right? A three-level score can do a little bit of everything. Has been better defensively than I thought as well, too. So Sharp is kind of like the speculative ad. I don't think he's a must-add right now. And I know the, the Blazers do have a very soft schedule over the next eight days. I think it's only like two or three games at most. So just be aware of that. Um, I'll have a, a schedule breakdown in the waiver wire, but yeah, Sharp is definitely the guy in deeper leagues that you should be looking at. But like I said, with the schedule, it's kind of a dicey ad right now. Yeah, whether or not he ends up starting, you know, they could just opt to go with Justice Winslow as a starter, but Shaden Sharp should still get plenty of minutes. Winslow's probably better defensively, and that team probably needs a little bit more defense in the starting lineup. Uh, but Shaden Sharp went for 15 points and eight rebounds in the game that Damian Lillard got hurt. So I think, you know, he may not be contributing across the board but he's going to be able to score the ball i mean that's why they drafted him that's why he was one of the top high school prospects if if he played in college he may have gone even higher so i think he's going to showcase that talent while dame's out nine percent rostered uh, a few more names here before we take a break rj hampton is a guy we got to talk about even though he didn't play in their last game i believe he's a dnp uh, some point guard issues injuries in orlando so what are we are we do we think the magic are ready to turn to rj hampton I mean, who else are they going to turn to, right? I know Terrence Ross. They're going to play Mo Bamba at point guard, I think, actually. <laughs> They're going to go big. I know Terrence Ross is going to play himself in FanDuel tonight. I'm going to get in trouble with the league. The dude's going to take 45 shots. We know that. But he will, if you're in a Roto League, Terrence Ross will make sure you don't win field goal percentage for the rest of the year, right? Go ahead and mark that as a one in your column. He's going to take 45 shots. Just be aware of that. But RJ Hampton, he has that same Ross capability to where he'll shoot 20 times and maybe make three of them. But he has like the popcorn stat upside, right? I would consider maybe like a Michael Carter-Williams rookie year stat set where he'll pop in points, rebounds, assists, maybe some steals and blocks. We know how athletic he is. But just be aware, right? Just be aware in a Roto League. Yeah. Um, so I think <laughs> they're, they did Noah, play Noah lost Sorry. it, by the way, on your yeah. Terrence Ross comment. <laughs> Noah, Noah was having trouble composing himself Oh, there. my gosh. Yeah. No, I'm definitely not going to be adding Terrence Ross in my Roto League now. <laughs> Um, maybe, maybe if he's rostered, I'll have to drop him. I have to double check that, but they played Kavon Harris 22 minutes mm. with RJ Hampton playing zero. Now I know they don't have another point guard on the roster. So it seems like they have to play RJ Hampton, 
But I want to bring it back. I think this is where they bring out the Franz Wagner, Paulo Bancaro one-two lineup. Maybe not to start. Maybe they opt for like a more traditional point guard to start and RJ Hampton plays, but he's not really going to see a ton of playmaking opportunities. In my opinion, they're just going to roll through Wagner and Bancaro and they'll probably try that lineup. If they don't try that lineup, I'll be upset because I think it's such a golden opportunity to do it with three point guards injured for an extended period of time. So mm-hmm. I don't even know if Hampton's really worth a look in standard leagues, maybe in deeper leagues if you need it. But even if he plays, I just don't know if he gets the opportunities that you'd expect. We could legit see the biggest lineup in NBA history tonight if they want to get crazy enough. That'd be awesome, man. <laughs> Put France at the one. Just let, let's see what happens. Let's do it. Please. So I would say Let's one more thing. I would probably not stream Archie Hampton unless I knew for sure he was starting. So I'd be waiting for that lineup to come out. So Bowl at the two, Bamba at the three, Bancaro stays you know, at the four. <laughs> Traditional. And I guess WCJ at the five. That's yeah, what I'm thinking. I love it. Will Barton is 32% rostered. He's coming off a 16.4 assist, two steal, one block, four triple game, 35 and 29 minutes his last two games. His... If you look at his game log, the first two games of the season, his minutes were not encouraging, but they're trending up, Jonas, and I think this guy should be rostered in more leagues. Uh, Maybe. I kind of swore off Will Barton uh, the last couple years. I think I took him like the 13th round a couple last years and just haven't been impressed, man. I'm just not seeing it. Uh, I don't know. He's solid, man. He's solid. Can't do it. He's solid. I think that's all he is. I mean, he's averaging a career high in steals, but it's through five games, so give him that, but... I think he played a lot extra, or maybe just a little bit extra, in their last game with uh, Bradley Beal dealing with some back soreness, but mm-hmm. Beal's not on the injury report for tonight's game. Um, with DeLon Wright out for who knows how long, I mean, they said reevaluated in three weeks, and then it was Woj saying six to eight weeks, so who knows how long. Will Barton could get an opportunity, not that they're going to play him at point guard, but maybe they try Beal at point guard with Barton in there. I think there's a, there's a chance for him to get more minutes. I just... I don't know. I don't really see a ton of upside there, but not a ton of upside. I mean, he's a guy in his early thirties, but last year he was, he averaged nearly 15 points, five boards, four assists, 0.8 steals, 2.23s. Can he hit those numbers with the wizards? Maybe not, but I, it wouldn't be crazy to tell you that he could. Matt, by your expressions, I can just tell you're all in on Will Barton. You're, you're just I like him. locked and loaded in like 15 lineups tonight. I know it. No, I've, I've always liked him. <laughs> and I think in a deeper league, I just think he's a, I don't know. He's a nice guy to have on your roster uh, in a in a deeper competitive league because people find him boring and he he gets it done. You're after I'm looking, will the thrill. You know who I'm looking at is Denny Abdija tonight. Obviously a, a rough start had the injury, but last game was it was something right nine points, seven rebounds, two assists. Like it's it's not nothing. I'm I'm looking at Denny Abdija tonight. A steal, two blocks, and a three in 27 minutes. Seven percent rostered. I mean, if Steve was here, you know, yeah. he would say the thing that he always says about Avdia, which is like, I don't know, you know, <laughs> what he just what he does, man. You know, but Steve, I feel like no one, no one saps Steve Steve's energy like yeah. like Avdia. Yeah. But I, I guess for me, he was such a roller coaster. I need to see, um, I need to see some consistency. Fair enough. You know. Fair enough. Steve. He does. With he does Steve. have a six, ten, and four Steve game. Like, he, has, he has a weird stat set, right? A six, ten, and four game with a steal, block, and two triples, two games prior. Like there is some upside there, right? It's hidden, obviously, but you know, yeah. I'll text Steve and see what he says about him. I'll report yeah. back. <laughs> yeah, let me know what he says. Tell him to send you an audio message yeah. of, of his feelings. <laughs> ruin All right, his day. Uh, Steve. I'll see you on Monday. Um, 
Malik Monk has been trending up for the Kings. 15.5 points, 7.5 assists, 3.5 triples his last two games. That's an 8-assist game and a 7-assist game. He's 19% rostered. I'm intrigued. I mean, it's yeah, it's something that worth note that Kevin Horder, as Noah said previously, he got hurt last night, and Davian Mitchell has been just invisible, right? It's kind of odd. But yeah, Monk, he can fill up a stat sheet. We saw it last year, right? Obviously, we'd like to see a little bit more peripheral stats with him, but man, could we see another Max Struess kind of stream? Absolutely, right? Malik Monk can fill it up. Absolutely. Worth a shot. Yeah, he also, in one of the game against Golden State, I don't remember if that was the 15-point or the 16-point game, but he had three steals as well. So I don't know if he maintains averaging seven and a half assists over a long stretch. I would say probably not. I have no idea how he was able to do that over two games. But uh, threes, points, and potentially even steals are something that I think he could definitely do. And if Herter misses time, I haven't seen a report saying that he's going to miss an extended period of time, but he left uh, before halftime, came back and played a little bit, and then left again. So it's an opportunity for Malik Monk to start. So I think we could see him get even more shot opportunities. So whether that's good for field goal percentage or not, we'll see, but he can definitely fill it up from deep. I mean, so many of the guys that we end up picking up over the course of the season off of waivers fall into that Max Struess bucket of like points and threes, and we're not sure what else we're going to get from them. Right. So when I see a guy like Malik Monk who can get a seven-assist game here, Max Struess is – how many – this is not meant to be anything against Max Struess, but like seven and eight-assist games, granted, maybe those will be Monk's season highs, but you know, that's also a guy who – a guy who can get you three, four assists here and there off the waiver wire, in addition to those other the other categories, and that's just valuable. So, yeah, uh, he'd be a he'd be a priority for me. All right, we have more names of note to hit. First, we're going to take a quick break. The longest field goal ever attempted is seventy six yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also seventy six yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Download the RotoWorld app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster. Get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It's available in your app store today. Also, just a reminder, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app, go download it now. The contests are free and easy to play, and you have a shot to win thousands this weekend by predicting what will happen in college football, on the NASCAR circuit, and in Premier League. There's also $100,000 up for grabs. By guessing the outcome between the Packers and Bills in our Sunday Night 7 contest. Uh, we've talked about a couple Thunder guys already. We talked about Trey Mann. We talked about Poku. We have not talked yet about the rookie Jalen Williams, who could be back from an orbital fracture soon. Uh, Jonas, is he worth a stash? Yes. Now, I, I, I remember I said I'm not trying to have as many Thunder players as I can this year. Obviously, it's going to be Stream City there nonstop. But I think he is the best hedge against Josh Giddy and Shea Godich-Alexander. I think he has the third most upside on the team, and I don't think there's any question about that. So, yes, uh, I think a week or two ago, I compared him to like that Tyreek Evans rookie season where mm-hmm. if he gets the ball mm-hmm. in his hands, he can do everything. We could see some 25-5 and five lines at some point this season. Yeah, he, he's that good. We saw it in the preseason, and we saw it in the summer league. He is definitely 
a very, very strong stash right now. And he's very widely available as well. Yeah, if you have the roster spot, definitely try and stash him. We saw what he did in the preseason. We only got to see him for, I believe, five minutes in their first regular season game before he got hurt. So hopefully, you know, he'll be able to stay healthy. The Thunder are not going to rush him back. So if he's 98% healthy, they are not going to play him until he's 100% healthy because they're trying to get Victor Wembanyama. But when he's on the court and there may be plenty of opportunities without Shea Gilgis-Alexander and Josh Giddy, where he has the ball in his hands, and that's probably that sweet spot of when you're going to get the most value from him, when he's playing really well because those guys are out, but before he's playing too well that they have to – shut him down for the season right now he has the the injured list eligibility so if your your mm-hmm. yahoo league has an il spot it's a no-brainer right you'll yeah. have a decision to make once he's active and if he's playing like 15 minutes a game once he's active then you're gonna have to say well i i, I may only have room for one sort of long-term stash on my roster so you can't probably have walker kessler tar Eason, and Jalen right. williams on the same squad for example mm-hmm. but so you know Good times. Okay. Uh, other names of note. Other names of note. Where do you want to take this, Jonas? Like, who are the priorities for you to, for this last little stretch of the show? You know what? Give me Josh Richardson, man. Like, now Devin Vassell has been awesome, right? But I fear this is exactly what I feared. He has an injury and they're like, they're sitting them already. They're calling him doubtful, doubtful, doubtful. I hate that. That's just like a red Worried. flag right there. I think they're going to be extremely Worried. cautious with him. It's a knee injury as well. Uh, and the Spurs are going to milk this, dude. They are going to milk this. Not only that, Josh Primo is out, right? There's their backup point guard um, and their six man, to be honest. So Josh Richardson, last game, dude, went off 11 points, 10 assists, two steals, a block, and three triples. Uh, Three games ago, he had 27 points, six triples. Like, this is going to be showcase city for Josh Richardson. Spurs are saying, come get me. Come give me a late first round pick. Come get Josh Richardson. He is going to eat this week, man. Uh, decent schedule coming up against the Bulls, Timberwolves, and the Raptors. I'm picking up Josh Richardson everywhere. He's only 15% rostered right now. Big week coming up. Yeah, I wrote about him on Wednesday in my volunteer takeover article with all the Tennessee guys that I talked about, which is why I talked about Grant Williams and now Josh Richardson. Uh, He's going to get all the opportunities in the world. Uh, In San Antonio, who knows how long Devin Vassell's out. The only concern I have there is if there's a trade. Because the Lakers reportedly have interests, and if he goes there, say goodbye to three-pointers. He's not hitting them. So right now, great opportunity, though. Man, the Lakers have been linked to every single player in the league at this point. It's ridiculous, dude. The Vassell thing is is absolutely crushing, by the way, because he was looking like everything we hoped he was going to be. A three-game stretch of 23-22, 23 points, 13 threes in those games. He was getting assists, steals. Man, it, and... I learned last year, when you hear knee soreness, I no longer take that as just a little thing. That was what they said about Lonzo Ball, and we have not seen him since. Now, I'm not saying we're going to see that same thing, but it would not be shocking at this point if you know Devin Vassell ended up having surgery. I mean, I'm that's a doom and gloom scenario, but I don't think you can just say to yourself, great, you know, Vassell's got a sore knee, he's going to be back in two games. Like, I'm worried. I, I have him in the 14-team the company league we're in. I mean, I don't think you can really do anything. You're not going to trade him away while he's injured. You just have to wait and hope, but I'm concerned. <laughs> Yikes, knee surgery. Do you have an inside source on that? You want to share I don't. I just, <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just saying, 
I, I've my new thing is I, I take knee soreness seriously because you're like I normally you hear that people like, about Jokic like the day before drafts. Oh, his wrist, his wrist. <laughs> Did it? I mean, if the I'm no, I get it. I'm worried too. Sore, I am worried. If the knee is sore, there's something wrong. As yeah. as uh, Noah put it, or I can't remember which one he said. I mean, it's a knee injury. You know, like I don't know. There's nothing uh, for them to play for. They're trying to lose games. Why would they have put him out there with knee soreness? If it could get worse, so they might give him right. three weeks off. Yeah, I, at this point, I'd shake hands on three weeks. Sign me up. I'm yeah, I'm good. Best case scenario. Jeez, no, he could easily be back in a week. I, that's you know, I'm normally an optimist, so yeah. let's let's go with that. Who do you want to talk about next, Jonas? Because I just want to talk about Mason Plumley. Uh, let's see who's on my list. We talked about RJ Hampton, Shaden Sharp, Max Roos. We've actually hit all the guys I really wanted to hit. Now you mentioned Poku. Mm-hmm. I'm not ready to go there. Um, but other than no, that, but I what think was it? 15, everyone. six and three, 15, six and three with a block in his last game. And it, you know, he, I don't know if he's been in the doghouse or what, but I mean, he's not off my radar at this point. I mean, OKC are doing these hockey subs where they're taking him out and putting him back in every two minutes. It's just weird. I, the minutes just yeah. aren't going to be there. It's going to be too volatile. Now, if we're talking March and April, then yeah, I'm back on the Poku train because he's going to triple double for me in the fantasy playoffs. But right now, I, I just can't do it, man. I can't. Yeah. All right, fine. Well, we are going to we are going to talk about Mason Plumlee then because you and Raf laughed me out of the room last week. I mentioned maybe we should think about Mason Plumlee, and you guys said, Matt. You're you're compensating for this Kawhi injury. You're you're desperate, sad person. But listen, so far this season, nine points per game, six point eight rebounds, four and a half assists, and point eight blocks. Those are some squeaky dimes. Now it's only very late round value, right? But I mean, there's a little something here. Yes, there's something there. But every time I pull up his picture on Yahoo, I just can't do it. He's got that stash. I I, I just can't. The stash, man. I, I can't do it. That's uh, not I get how you assist. manage, Jonas. Yeah, you can't be a headshot awesome. manager. You can't do it. It's it's <laughs> proven to not work. <laughs> the assists are great. Like that's the the appeal with Mason Plumlee, right? Can't hit free throws to save his life. But uh, we're talking almost five assists a game right now. That's not nothing. Now I, I'm still of the belief that Mark Williams will get his chance at some point. I know Steve Clifford absolutely hates rookies, but at some point they got to see what they have with this lottery pick, right? Come on. Yeah, with Nick Richards no. also there. That's kind of I don't know, but if it's Mark Williams until later in the season and depends on if they're still trying to compete or if they're just fully in on the tank. But uh, Plumlee's assists, I don't know how much that's kind of sticking around because LaMelo Ball oh. hasn't played. Oh, when they're Lamella, sticking. When Those LaMelo Ball sticky, comes back, squeaky dimes. are they really running the offense through Mason Plumlee and allowing him to distribute? I yes. probably, me personally, I lean towards letting LaMelo Ball run the offense. But – Matt, if you're if you're more in on Mason Plumley getting the ball at the top and and dropping dimes, then to each his own. Listen, Mason Plumley for his career. Okay, we don't need to talk about that number, but <laughs> he's he's a good assist guy with the Pistons a couple years ago, three point six per game, three point one last year. He's at four point five this year. That would be a career high. He's also averaged four a game before. I mean, he's a legit assist big man. I mean, there's no mellow right now, though, too, right? Yeah, but three, three and a half assists for no this Terry team. Rozier. Still, 
I just think I have I have I run and picked him up in a bunch of leagues. No, I'm just saying there's a little something there you could do worse. There's a, it's we're, we're talking about him in a minute 47 or whatever of this show. I, I wasn't super excited about him. I just wanted to say, look, if he, he loses the stash, I'm in. Week. Okay, if he loses the stash, I'm all the way in. You can. What if I send you a Photoshop of the headshot <laughs> with the stash airbrushed out? Will you accept that? No, absolutely not. All right. Okay. Uh, you wanted to talk about Dyson Daniels, I believe, before we get Yes. Going. Dude, the star of the preseason, star of Summer League, uh, had played 22 minutes against the Dallas Mavericks, played really well, uh, good defense as well. 11 points, three rebounds, two assists, three steals, a block, and a triple. Led the NBA in deflections in the preseason. The dude is a beast on defense. The Pelicans have half their roster as questionable. They have Brandon Ingram out. Mm-hmm. Herb Jones is still struggling. Zion Williamson is is laboring as well. If Dyson gets clear tonight, he's also questionable. I'm streaming him, right? The Pelicans are short on bodies. The upside is clearly there. I'm streaming him 100%. You're saying Terrence Ross is playing Dyson Daniels in DFS tonight. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Yes, he is. (laughs) If Dyson Daniels plays, Zion Williamson, Herb Jones don't, then yes, I would probably stream Dyson Daniels. But if they're back, I just don't know if he gets the minutes and the opportunity like he did. He definitely proved he has something, so I don't presume he'll be playing zero minutes or three minutes like he was before. I just don't know if he gets back to 22 when the team's healthy. Jose Alvarado is another name to watch for the Pelicans on Friday night. He's 8% rostered. I think he's dealing with back spasms, so mm-hmm. that's another guy who we ha- I don't believe we've seen whether he's going to play or not, but he had 13 points, three boards, three assists with two steals and a triple last time out. And he would be another streaming play if he's active. And, you know, the injury report is what we think it is for New Orleans. Yep. I want to talk about Austin Reeves. Can you, are you going to try to convince, try to convince, uh, please convince me. I have two watch list guys this week. Now I'm not adding either yet, but Austin Reeves, 2% rostered was phenomenal in the last month of last season, uh, he had these like outrageous numbers next to LeBron, just like Alex Crusoe did when he was there too. So uh, Reeves is really, really good player. I, I don't think it, I don't think it gets enough credit. Um, obviously, the Kendrick Nunn in the preseason explosion kind of happened, and that kind of put Reeves in the back burner. But man, he's a really good player. If the Lakers are looking to make a change, I think Reeves is going to get more and more involved. Played 26 minutes in the last game. Definitely worth monitoring. And then Isaiah Livers had a couple of good games for Detroit, too. So mm-hmm. keep him in mind. He was pegged as a breakout candidate by all their beat writers, too. So those two names I am definitely watching this weekend. Yeah, I liked Reeves all summer. A lot of the quotes that came out about him just consistently being in the gym. I love to hear that. He's also hit over half of his threes over the past two games, two for four and two for three, in a Lakers uniform. That's mm-hmm. been hard to do this season. Uh, he entered the starting lineup with Russell Westbrook out. If Russ gets traded, we, depending on who they get in return, I can presume that Austin Reeves will at least play heavy playing time, maybe continue to start. But as long as he's in the starting lineup, I think that he's a guy that probably in deeper leagues more so right now, but we'll see if he can get anywhere near the numbers he was putting up at the end of last season. Definitely a guy to add. Yeah. Uh, Livers in their last game on Wednesday played 24 minutes, had 12 points, two boards, Three assists, a steal, a block, and four triples. And there was one other name I wanted to say before we leave, but I can... Oh, Jeremy Sochan of the Spurs, I think, is also a guy we should just kind of watch list guy. 5% rostered, just played a season-high 28 minutes, had 12 points, a steal, a block, and two triples. I mean, the offense seems very much like a work in progress for this guy, but opportunity certainly seems like it may be there. 
Yeah, and he's a warm body right now, too. You're taking out two very high usage players out in Primo and Vassell. Someone's going to have to step into that role, and I think he can. You know what I mean? Definitely a warm body. Jonas, I understand you're, you, if for those who do go check out the waiver wired com, you're also going to have uh, 2,000 words on Jetty Osman in there as well. Oh, of correct? course. Dude, yeah. uh, we'll save it for Doc next time, but dude, he's, I think he's like an eighth rounder on the season, man. My Crazy. God, I can't. I can't, I cannot and absolutely can believe we're doing this again. <laughs> I mean, he just should be the, the, his face should be the logo of this, of this podcast. Dude, this it got to a point podcast. where I wrote a hype blurb on him. I think it was Wednesday. It's like, what's going on? What's going on? This yeah. is an all-star. No question about it. Noah is, is one of the, the photos we can't see, but I'm quite certain it's got to be a Jetty Osmond photo. The one that we can't see. Yeah. There's, I wasn't sure how you guys felt about him, which is why I put him directly <laughs> behind my head. I mean, yeah. I yeah. mean, looks just like, I mean, that's basically the same player. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Amazing. Amazing. All right. That is going to do it for us on this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the show if you haven't done that on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a minute to rate and review us as well. We are here every Monday through Monday and Friday, not Monday through Friday during regular seasons. We'll be back on Monday, rounding up the weekend, talking leftover waiver wired pickups. In the meantime, go check out Jonas's waiver wired column for all the names we talked about and more on NBC Sports Edge. Thanks to everyone for listening and watching live. Jonas, Noah, thanks guys. Have a good weekend. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. You too. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.